0: It is today the Lord's Day, it is Sunday, May 14th, it is Mother's Day 2023, and today, this day, the greatest thing that could happen is that we would, that I would, that you would, that kids would, that the church would, and yes, that mothers would, that we would see Jesus today. And I want to tell you of all the things that we could plan, all the things that could happen today, the most awesome, the most wonderful, the most impactful, that thing that could happen is that we would actually see Jesus today. Well, let me tell you the good news this morning. The good news is today, on this very day, as we look into God's word, that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, I know that is a big claim. I know that is a steep claim. Promise, but praise the Lord today looking into God's word, we are going to see Jesus this morning. Now, I want to tell you my prayer today is that we would be impacted. My prayer is that we would be so changed uh, that we would walk out of here. We wouldn't be anything like we were when we walk in. As we see Jesus in his word this morning. Today our message is entitled, Behold the One. Behold the the one. Today we're in Revelation chapter 1. Today verses 12 through 16. Revelation chapter 1 verses 12 through 16. Behold the one. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. God's word says this, beginning of verse 12, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe reaching to his feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun, shining in its strength. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly Father, we come today and we are rejoicing. We are thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for your kindness. We're thankful for the many blessings that we have. We're thankful for families for these small kids we're thankful for mothers we're thankful for your plan that is that is perfect in every way in the family lord we're thankful for renewal when we mess it up we're thankful for restoration lord we come today and i'm thankful for the truth of your word and i pray on this morning as we studied i pray that we would see our savior jesus that we would catch a glimpse of his glory and i pray lord that that would impact our hearts that that would change our minds, that that would motivate our feet. And I pray in this lost and hurting world that we will be different, impacted in the the picture of Christ that we see today. Open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds. Lord, I pray for some that will hear this message that do not know you. I pray, Lord, as they they walk in in the guilt and the shame of their sin, as they carry the heaviness of that, I pray the message of peace through Jesus of the removal of sin to a Savior named Jesus, I pray that they find peace in you and hope in you and that today they claim you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that this day would bear much fruit for your glory, for your name's sake. We give it to you, we trust it to you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Today we're gonna pick back up in our study in Revelation. We are working our way, it seems, very slowly through the first chapter. Uh, I think about it. We are already 11 verses in, and already in these 11 verses, just 11 verses, we have seen so much. Well, as we continue on, uh, we're going to find we have much more also to see. Now, this morning, to set the context for today, for our verses, I'm going to back up, and I'm going to read verses 9, 10, and 11 together and then we're going to start moving forward into our verses this morning. Now before I do that, I, I want to say, and I've actually said it the last three weeks, but I, I want to say this, God is speaking. I want you to be sure of that. God is speaking in these messages. God is speaking in the study of his word. He is speaking to us. He is speaking to you. Now I want to tell you, that is an awesome thing. That is a privileged thing. God is speaking to us. And so I want to encourage you, do not miss that this very morning. God is speaking to you through his word. All right, let's go back to verse 9 to pick up the context. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony Now, we see here the author is the Apostle John. We know that he was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Uh, That is now about 35 miles away from where he is at on this day. We know that for the preaching of the truth of Jesus, no crime, but for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus, he is on the Roman prison island of Patmos. And so that's where we find him. All right, Verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet, verse 11, saying, write in a book. Now, I said that last week. This is the book. Write in a book what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. All right, we're going to pick up now. We're ready for our start back today in verse 12. Let me read verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. He's on the island. It is the Lord's day. He hears a voice. that's like a trumpet. Now in verse 12, and I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned... I saw seven golden lampstands. John turns to see the voice that he is hearing. There has been an awesome sound, and now he is about to describe to us an awesome scene. That's what begins here. He has heard this awesome sound, he has turned around, he's about to describe for us, lay out for us this awesome scene. John says, And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, in the temple, there were seven lampstands which served to light the temple. Here, John turns and he sees seven golden lampstands. Now, we're going to talk more about that later, but I want you to get ready. Here, it's about to be something as we move into this 13th verse. Verse 13 And in the middle of the lampstands I saw one like a son of man clothed in a robe reaching to the feet and girded across his chest with a golden sash. John says in the middle of the golden lampstands he sees one like a son of man. Now very clearly this is referring to This is talking about the Christ. When he says, I see one like the Son of Man, they would have understand that. We should as well. It's talking about very plainly, very clearly, the Christ. This is talking about the promised Savior of God, the anointed of God, Emmanuel, God in flesh, the Savior, our Savior. And so when he says this title, it's talking about the Christ. But more than that, This is talking about the specific Christ. This is talking about the resurrected Christ. This is talking about the familiar to John Christ. It's talking about Jesus. And so he turns around and he says, I see one like a son of man. He's talking about the Christ, but he's talking about Jesus, the specific Christ, the resurrected Christ. Now, I want to tell you this morning, that's really too much. And I, I thought about this as we move through these verses. It's really too much to take in. John turns to see who is speaking. Here he is on the Lord's Day. Here he is on the prison aisle. And Here he hears the, the voice that sounds like a trumpet. And he turns and he sees Jesus, the Son of Man, the Christ. 88 times Jesus is referred to in the New Testament as the Son of Man. Eighty three of those times, Jesus was speaking and he was referring to himself. And so understand, this was his favorite title for himself. Now get this, this is very profound. John says here, I saw one like a son. Of man. Now, I started thinking about that. He says, I saw one like a son of man. Now, he doesn't say, I saw Jesus. He doesn't say, I saw Jesus the Christ. He doesn't say, I saw Jesus the son of man. He says, I saw one like a son of man. Now, I want you to start to picture the scene. I want you to think about that. Picture what's going on here. I saw one, he turned and he looked, and I saw one like a son of man. Now the word for like here, in the original language, it means resembling in form. And so I saw one resembling in form, the son of man. It also means corresponding to. I saw one corresponding to the Son of Man. Another definition says matching. I saw one in form matching a Son of Man. Now, what, what in the world is that? that? That is amazing. It is pretty deep. Now, I want to try to explain to, this to you. It has been 60 years since John had last seen Jesus. Now, that's a, that's a pretty awesome thing. It's been 60 years since he had last seen Jesus, he knew Jesus. He had lived with Jesus. He had traveled and walked with Jesus. He saw Jesus crucified. He saw Jesus then resurrected. Some 60 years ago, he saw Jesus ascend into heaven to glory. Now, 60 60 years had gone by. But get this. The Jesus that he knew as the Messiah, now he was sure of that. The Jesus he knew as the Christ He was sure of that. The Jesus he knew as the Son of Man looks like this one, matches this one in form. That's what he's saying, corresponds with this one. But I want you to see something here. Why didn't he go ahead and say it? The one that he sees, he looks back, it corresponds to the one that he knew. But however, this one is different from that one. What he saw then and what therefore he remembered was different from this one. You see, Jesus, the Son of Man, was and is fully God. And as God, he held all of the glory of God. Now be sure of that. He held all the glory of God. But as he lived on earth, as he walked on earth with John, his glory was veiled in his humanity. The Bible says he humbled himself, taking on the form of a man. He became a man. And so, yes, he is fully God, but as he walked on earth, his glory was veiled in his humanity. His glory was hidden from sight in his human skin. But now on this occasion, as John looks back, He sees the one that he knows. He sees the same son of man. He sees that it is the Christ, the same in form. He sees that it is Jesus, but I want you to see this, but it's not as he had last seen him. And so when he looks back, he sees that it's the one that matches. He sees it is the Christ, the Messiah, but it's not as he had last seen him. You see the veiled Christ, was marked in humility. But now the glorified Christ is showcasing glory. The veiled Christ might be overlooked and even ignored. But now the glorified Christ, you can't look away from this one. The veiled Christ, he was mocked and he was crucified. But the glorified Christ, he stands as the risen victor, never again to suffer at the hands of man. The veiled Christ He was bound and judged by sinful men in a court of human governors. But listen to me, the now glorified Christ, he stands as the Lord of all the lords, the king of all the kings. The veiled Christ, he came humbling himself as a man that he would be able to save helpless men. But now the glorified Christ comes and the veil is removed and the curtain is pulled back and he stands as glorious, eternal God, the Ancient of Days, the Son of Man, the Christ, our Savior, Jesus. And he looks back and he beholds the one. Can you imagine that? Oh, I remember the last time I saw him wasn't like this time. Oh, I remember how we treated him last time. We saw him. It's not like that this time. I told you we're going to see Jesus. Well, now John describes him. All right, listen to this description. says he is clothed in a robe reaching to the feet. Here he is, he looks back and he sees him, and he's clothed in a robe, reaching to his feet. Now be sure, that's not common dress. That was not common dress for the day. It was the dress of majesty. It was the dress of dignity. A long robe, majestic like that of a king. A long robe, holy like that of a priest. Think about it, even today when a judge comes into a room, it's with a long robe that is commanding of respect. And so we see here in this picture already that he is the dignified Christ. He is the dignified Christ commanding great respect. Description goes on and it says, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. Now, All of these I think are pretty awesome. I really like this picture. And he's girded across, he's in this robe, he goes to the the ground and he's girded across the chest with a golden sash. Now I want you to see this. In this age, it was very common to wear a sash belted or girded around the waist. In fact, most of the people you would have run into Most of the men you would have come across, they would have had a sash and it would have been belted or girded across around their waist. Now the reason for that, when there was work to do, or perhaps if you had to get in a situation where you had to move quickly, you had to run, you would take your robes, you would take your garments, you would pull them up and you would stick them into your sash, into your belt. Well, I want you to notice here. Jesus is not girded around the waist. He is girded around the chest, listen to me, because he has no work left to do. You see, in Jesus, it is finished. In him, redemption is secured. In him, salvation is paid for. And I want to tell you the second picture we see today. He is the resting Christ. He is the resting Christ. So we see here, he is the dignified Christ, commanding respect. Next we see he is the resting Christ with no work left to do. It goes on, verse 14. His head and his hair were white like wool like snow and his eyes were like a flame of fire. Here in verse 14 we're going to see three more pictures of Christ. In verse 14 we now add to the description he is the Holy Christ. He is the Holy Christ. The Bible says his head and his hair were white like wool. It says like snow. Now in scripture, white is always a sign of purity. And so we see him, his head and his hair are white like snow. And so we see here a sign of purity. In Christ there is no sin. In Christ, there is no defect, no blemish. In Christ, there is no unrighteousness, no blight of heart, no thought of evil. He is infinitely, perfectly good, faithful, and righteous in all of his ways. And so, as he stands there, as he looks back, he sees he is the Holy Christ. The Holy Christ. The picture continues. He is also the eternal Christ. He is also the eternal Christ. The white hair, in the Old Testament we see it, the white hair was a sign of age. I've learned evidently it still is. The white hair was a sign of age. And I want you to see his hair blazes in radiant white. It it, it, it shows That he is before all and he is after all. His hair is blazing and white. And so he is without beginning. He's also going to be without ending. He is the eternal Christ. The one who was, the one who is, the one who is to come. He stands there as the eternal Christ. Verse 14 goes on. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. Now that's an interesting picture. He looks back and he sees the Son of Man. He sees Jesus. And it says, His eyes were like a flame of fire. In this picture we see this morning, He is the all knowing Christ. He is the all knowing Christ. Through His eyes, He is able to see, He is able to discern, He is able to burn through anything false. Anything that would be to shroud, anything that would be to conceal, his eyes are able to pierce through that. To these eyes ablaze in fire, there is nothing that is secret. To these eyes ablaze in fire, there is nothing that is hidden. He is the all-knowing Christ. I want to pause right there for just a second. I don't want to go so fast you miss all this. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing who Jesus is? Are you, are you catching this this morning? He looks back and he sees Jesus and he's, he's no longer veiled and his glory stands out and he stands and he is the dignified Christ commanding of respect. He is regal as he stands there. He is the Holy Christ and he's perfect without blemish. He is the eternal Christ, eternal God. He is the all-knowing Christ. Are you seeing our Savior this morning? Can you see Jesus this morning? Verse 15. His feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. His feet were like burnished bronze when it had been made to glow in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. His feet were like burnished bronze made to glow in a furnace. I didn't know this. I I learned this when I was studying. Bronze is a mixture of copper and tin. I didn't know that. Maybe you did know that. It is a mixture of copper and tin. Now, the only way to mix them is to smelt them, to fire them, to their boiling liquid state, and then to mix them together. That's the process. You take these two metals, you heat them up to their boiling state, and when they're in the liquid state, you mix them together. Now see this. By itself, copper was shiny, but it was not hard. By itself, tin was hard, but it was not shiny. But now they are mixed together, and the resulting metal is both hard and shiny. It is both strong and at the same time beautiful. And what this is saying, this is saying of Jesus, He is the all powerful. Christ. That's what it's saying. He is strong and he is mighty. His might is unmatched and his strength is unrivaled. He is the all-powerful Christ. And upon that strength, upon that foundation, he stands. And he's not to be moved. And he is not shaken. He is the all-powerful Christ. We also know these feet will issue judgment also in might. The Bible says, trampling out the vintage. the grapes of wrath are stored. Again, we see he is the all-powerful Christ. The verse goes on. We continue to move in this description, and it says this. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. Now, from this we get he is the preeminent Christ. He is the preeminent Christ. Now earlier, John said the voice that he heard was like a trumpet's blast. Now he's here on the Lord's day on this island, and the voice that he hears, he says, is like a trumpet's blast. Well now as he turns to see this one, he says the voice is like that of many waters. Now, I don't know if you've ever been close to a waterfall, if you've ever been to a, a giant force of water and the sound that it makes, the roar that it makes. He says, it's like a trumpet now. He says, when I turn to look, it is like the sound of many waters. I want you to get this. I want you to see this this morning. This voice overpowers all other voices. This voice overtakes all others. And when the glorified Son of Man speaks, listen to me, he will be heard. When the glorified Son of Man speaks, all other voices will be drowned out. Understand, there will be no government that can silence him. There will be no false prophet that can overspeak him. There is no crowd that can outshout him. He is preeminent over all. His voice shall be heard. Are you seeing Jesus this morning? Are you seeing our Savior this morning? He is all powerful. He stands on a power, on a foundation of might and he is not moved and he is not shaken. Are you seeing our Savior? He is preeminent, drowning out the voice of all others. Verse 16. In his right hand, praise the Lord, he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in its strength. In his right hand, he held seven stars, the Bible says. In this we see he is the reigning Christ. He is the reigning Christ. Now understand, the right hand is the hand of power. It was the hand of might. It is the hand of authority. You rule with your right hand. And so it signifies his rule. Now, I want you to see this. John says, in his right hand, he holds seven stars. Now, we're going to see next week, those seven stars are the seven pastors of the seven churches. Those that are trusted with telling of his first coming of redemption by faith in him and of telling of his second coming in judgment and glory. Get this. I want you to see the picture here. Jesus holds in his hand, therefore he rules over the pastors of his church. And through them, those pastors, he rules over his church. And through them, his churches, he rules over his mission. Now I want you to see this. What that means is this. Are you listening? Jesus is in control. Boy, we better understand that. Jesus, I don't care what the circumstance of this day is, I know when you woke up, maybe you didn't expect to see the things you're seeing. Maybe last night you didn't expect to see the things, the days that we're living through. Maybe it feels like things are out of control as you watch the news. I want you to understand this Jesus is in control. This world seems crazy, yes. This life seems tough, yes, it is. Things seem hard to understand, yes. They are, but I want you to be sure today, as you're sure of anything, our Christ Jesus is in control. He is the reigning Christ. Praise the Lord. (laughs) The description goes on and it says, out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. We see in this picture now, he is the deciding Christ. He is the deciding Christ. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, The Word of God, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than in a double edged sword, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Verse 17 of that same chapter says, All things are open and laid bare. Before him. Friends, we need to understand this. I think sometimes we misjudge this. I think sometimes we get twisted up on this. Be sure your judge, your final judge, will not be your reputation. Your final judge will not be the works that you do. It'll not be the legacy that you leave. Sometimes we think, oh, I'll build a legacy and it will impress folks for ages. Your judge will not be your legacy. Your judge will not be your works that would somehow tip a scale. Sometimes we think, well, I'll do enough good things, I'll outweigh the bad things, and my judge will be a a scale that is tipped in my favor. Understand, that is not your judge. Understand today, your judge will not be a jury of your peers that know you and can understand you. That will not be your judge. Understand, your judge will be none other than the Son of Man, Jesus Christ himself. And when he judges, he will know every deed that you've done. He will know every thought of your mind. There'll be no way that you can shroud it or hide it. He will even know the intentions of your heart. And he will be your judge. Sometimes we come along and we take a flippant attitude towards Christ. We think, well, I'll tell him how it's going to be. His business is forgiveness anyway. He'll forgive how I live and I'll tell him how it's going to be. And we take a very weak, flippant picture, understanding of Christ. I want you to understand today, he is your judge. He's the deciding Christ. The last thing is this. It says, and his face was like the sun. We were just singing a couple songs about seeing his face. It says, and his face was like the sun, shining in its strength. Now, I'll just tell you, all of these have been too much. They've been too much to consider. They've been too much to take in, too much to wrap our minds around. But I want to tell you, this one to me truly is too much. Jesus is the illuminating Christ. Jesus is the illuminating Christ John looks back. He hears a voice and it sounds like a trumpet. He looks back and there he sees one like a son of man. There he sees Jesus. And there is Jesus and he's no longer veiled of his glory. There is Jesus and he stands as a son of man and his his glory is shining out. And the Bible says, John says, his face was like the sun. It was like the sun at noonday. Can you imagine that? Have you ever looked at the sun? Even with your eyes closed, it pierces through your eyelids and you can still see the sun. It's like the sun in full strength. It's like the sun when there's no clouds to shield it. And he says, this face, Jesus' face was like the sun. It radiates like the sun. And I started thinking about that. All I can think when I hear that is, oh, this world is so dark. Oh, my sin, it is so dark. Oh, our hearts are dark. Oh, death, it is so dark. And I want to tell you as we walk through this world, the darkness is so heavy and the darkness is so thick. And in that darkness as we live, in that darkness as we toil, in that darkness despair begins to grow, and depression begins to grow. And in that darkness there is pain, and oh, there's regret. Oh, there's regret that consumes us. And in that darkness there is despair. In that darkness there is loneliness and shame. In that darkness if we stay there it's hopeless. Oh, the hopelessness of the darkness. It is so dark. Oh, it is so dark. And then there's Jesus. And I start to think about that. Well, of course, this is his face. Of course, this is his face. He is the light of the world. Of course, this is his face. He is the light that is the life of men. Of course, this is his face. He is the light that shines in the darkness, and John earlier said in the darkness does not overcome it. Of course, this is his face because he is the lamb, and the Bible says, and the lamb shall be the lamp." Of course, this is his face, and there will no longer be any night, and there will be no need of light or of lamp, of the light of the sun because the Lord God will illumine them. And I want to tell you, friends, this is the face of Jesus and darkness is defeated in Jesus and darkness is overrun and cast out in Jesus. And when you're toiling in despair and depression and hardship and death, I want to tell you, friend, look to Jesus and his face radiates like the sun. He is the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And on this day, in a dark day, he looks back on a prison island. And on this day, he sees a friend he hasn't seen in 60 years, but it's not like the last time he saw him. And the veil is gone, and his glory is known. Can you see him today? Can you see him today? Do you remember these words this morning? Can you see our Savior? Do you know him today? I want to tell you, in him there's light him there's hope and there's peace there's grace and there's kindness there's forgiveness see our savior today let's pray dear father we come and I stand in awe in this picture of Jesus one like the son of man one that came and humbled himself and veiled his glory that he could go to a cross and take my punishment and suffer my death, pay for my sin. But one that has conquered sin, has paid the price, stands as the victor over death. And John looks and sees his glory and sees his face and his hair and his feet, his robe and his sash. Lord, I pray that we're impressed with Jesus today. Lord, I pray that we're drawn closer to you in this picture of Jesus today. I pray that we're convicted to be committed as parents, as moms, as a church in this picture of Jesus today. I pray, Lord, for some that see this picture for the very first time and see you as the hope for sinners. I pray that they turn to you and receive you in faith and in your own promise, not of any work that they would ever do, but in the grace of God through faith that they would be saved today. Lord, I pray that any, any bear to their receiving you to hearing this message to be removed. And I pray that today's a great day of celebration. And Lord, we just come and we just tell you, we praise you. We fall down and we worship you. We exalt you, the Christ, the ancient of days, one like the son of man. In your name I pray, amen. We're gonna close with a time of response, a time of invitation. I want to tell you first off, if you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, in God's great grace, He knows you and He sees you and He loves you. And in the finished work of the cross of Calvary, He's paid for your sin. The Bible says not after you do a bunch of things, but when you understand your sin and you understand the penalty for your sin, when you understand the grace of God shown through the gospel of Christ, if you'll turn to that Savior, admitting your sin, asking for the power to repent, turn and leave it it, and to walk with Him in faith, Bible says you shall be saved. You will be saved. If you've never done that, do that today. If you're here and you're tired of walking under the weight, the, the shame and the guilt of your sin, I want to tell you, you have a Savior that will save you this very hour. Trust him today. He'll save you today. Maybe you're here and you would say, yes, I, I've put my faith in Christ. But I've been less than blown away by that Savior. And maybe it's become mundane to me. Maybe it's become commonplace to me. To us, maybe you see this picture today and saying, "You know what? I want to, I want to rededicate. I want to walk with that Christ. And I want to live for that Christ. And I want priorities shaped by that Christ." And maybe that's your response today. Say, you know what? i i I see that Savior, and I'm going to walk. I'm going to commit, and I'm going to be found walking with Him for His glory. Maybe that's your response. Maybe you're here and you've made a decision for Christ, but never fallen believers baptism. I want to give you an opportunity as well this morning to come and say, you know what, I want that testimony to stand in my life, not as part of my salvation, testifying to the Savior of it. You come, we'll set a date. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home. you prayed about it and you believe God's led you here. You come as well and together we'll serve for his glory, for his name's sake. Maybe you're here and you're a mother. You want to come pray with me or come pray at an altar. Maybe you're here and even better, you're a dad. You want to pray for your wife the mother of your kids, and you want to pray for her. I'll, I'll be here and we'll pray together. You pray at this altar. Maybe you're here and you want to pray for your home, for your family. Nowhere to be, plenty of time. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about, would rush off to an exit, and you pray for those that are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if God is speaking to you, if he's spoken to you, you step out. You come on, I'll meet you here.